I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek Podcast Network. So join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 97 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm really excited to be joined once again by my good friend and co-host of the State of the Geek podcast, Kelly Hightower. How you doing, Kelly? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Joe? Great, great. It's always wonderful to talk to you. And you as well. Um, we're going to pretend like we didn't just talk for a half hour before we started. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's funny because, honestly, if people listen to Geektitude but don't listen to State of the Geek, they haven't heard you since um, episode 88 when I finally released our Gambit movie episode. Oh, right, right. And I haven't actually listened to you kind of live since episode 17. Wow, back when back when when I was in deep in the throes of doing mating habits. Yes, and that's how we that's how we got in touch. Is I was like, hey, you do this really great podcast. You want to come talk about it for Valentine's Day? And it was all legendary from there. I know, and I was like, sure. And then I quit doing the podcast. But <laughs> just right, I, I it, I'll make the announcement here. Uh, I'm I'm bringing the show back. So. I don't know in what form, and I don't know for how often, and I don't know who's going to be on it with me. But if you are listening to this and you ever listen to Mating Habits, check your check your subscription feeds because there will be an episode coming up pretty soon. Well, I know I'm excited about that because I enjoyed um, being able to to ride into work and listen to you guys have fun on your show because that that was the best thing about it was just yeah. the amount of hilarity that you guys brought to my drive in in the morning. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. Yeah, no, it was. It was like, hey, we're doing saying all these choice funny things. Let's record them. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have you been up to since we last spoke uh, on this show? On this show, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like two years ago. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I've I've been up, I've been up to a lot of stuff. Um, I'll I'll restrict it to the the geeky stuff. Um. Oh no, that's the weekly geekery. The weekly weekly geekery. I'll wait for that. I don't know what have I been up to in the past. I mean, I've been doing State of the Geek with you. Yeah. Um, and that's been been fantastic. 
Um, what else? What else? I have survived so far the, the Trump apocalypse. Yes. Um, we're, we're doing the best we can day by day. <laughs> they're taking one step at a time. That's, <laughs> all, that's all we can do. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about how long it's been. But yeah, it has. It was like, that was that was so long ago. That was, that was in my first year. Yeah. How, what, what yeah. year are you in now? We're just starting year three. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the good, the good years. It's <laughs> year four, year five. You go, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Why am I not famous yet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, I've been, I mean, I've been playing video games and uh, doing nerdy stuff and working hard at, at my being a small business owner. So that's pretty much it. Um, Let's let's move on to the to the weekly stuff. The, yeah, we'll do the, the reason, well before we do the weekly stuff. We'll talk about the the thing that I think I've mentioned it on the show, but but you're coming out to see me in a couple weeks. This is true. Uh, shock from anyone who knows me and how I don't like to travel. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this trip because uh, this will be a, a, a it'll be a surprise to to Kenny. Uh, my first time past as Illinois essentially <laughs> Chicago is the farthest west I've ever been because I'm an East Coast girl and, and we have almost everything here except for the fantastic weather which I cannot wait for yes um, we've, been, we've been holding on to it for just for your your visit <laughs> and we're hoping after you leave it gets cold again because <laughs> it's been a very long time since we've had anything below you know 90 yeah, yeah. No, we um we over here in North Carolina hit winter hard. I mean, we we went from I'm like it's it's terrible right now. It's, it's horrible like thunderstorms, but still cold, which doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm sure a scientist could explain it. Um just it's it's gross and rainy and the leaves aren't pretty anymore. Like we missed that peak, the peak 4 days when the leaves are pretty. And mm-hmm. it's it's miserable here right now. It's just it's terrible. So I can't I can't wait to leave the cold. But um but no, and I'm very excited because I can't wait to meet you in person. I can't wait to go to uh, Palm Springs Comic Con. Um, I can't wait to meet other folks, K- Kenny included, if you're listening, Kenny. Um, and yeah, I just I'm I'm super stoked and super excited. So I'm glad I I'm glad you were finally like just come out here for this thing. And I'm like yeah, I gotta go buy my ticket. I'm glad I bought my ticket the day I did because there were very few <laughs> seats, very few seats left on planes going out there. So maybe they're all going to the Comic Con. Um, well, we're starting to get into season, so it's, you know, more flights, but we're not quite there yet. So there's still a lot of people coming out, but few flights. So yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was very cutthroat. I was like, crap, I gotta move on this now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, and I, I mean, like, I, I'm such a horrible traveler. Like I purchased an Amazon Fire so I could have like, cause it's like, it's a four hour flight before I get a four and a half hour flight to the layover. And then a two hour flight from the layover. Like I drive four and a half hours on the regular, but for some reason I feel like a, because I had a blood clot in 2000, I feel like a, I'm definitely going to get a blood clot. And I, and like, I feel like those are like, they, they talk about what causes blood clots in planes and it isn't like the pressure or the elevation. It's the fact that it's unusual for people to sit four hours at a time. And I'm like, uh, I sit for 12 hours at a time. So maybe it won't be such a big adjustment <laughs> for me. But, um, so maybe I'll be, I'll be safe with that. But yeah, I'm, I've come up with, I've already packed magazines, books. Like I feel like it's, it's, I'm not going overseas. I'm just going across the country. But to me, I'm like, I gotta be, I can't be bored for one second of the four and a half hours. So I've really over prepared for it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. So 
Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited you're coming out. Um, this week, what have you been up to? This week, um, I have been up to what I, I'm, I'm getting back into tabletop RPG with, I'm getting the band back together with my old RPG group. Uh, this is the group that we used to game every Thursday night for eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we had several different games in that, in that time period, but, uh, it, there was, you know, one main, uh, GM and then like a couple of substitute GMs, but it was the same group of people for eight years every Thursday. Like we take a break on Thanksgiving and maybe the week of Christmas, but we would just call each other and talk about our characters. Like it was like, it was, it was intense. <laughs> and then they went off and had a child, the, the couple who was at the head of that. And then, so it had been like maybe three or four years since. I've had a solid kind of regular gaming system. And finally they're at a point where they want to get back into it. And I definitely want to get back into it. So it's just me and the two usual GMs, like just trying to get back into the swing of things, hoping mm-hmm. to coax the, the more epic. I say that the, the, the GM that we're doing right now, she, she's great, but like she, I think she's like me, like she would prefer to play. Right. And, um, and so we're trying to get him back into the swing of things and back into like, see, don't you want to run a big epic long campaign with us and one other person? And, um, and so we're playing Starfinder, which is Pathfinder in space. Oh, nice. Yeah. It just came out like a couple months ago and it's, it's, um, what are they called? Plasio? What, whoever, whoever does Pathfinder. A I don't remember, but yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, so it's them. It's it's essentially a thousand years in the future from uh, where you are in Pathfinder, and it's a really cool premise because it's all these space races, and the planet where Pathfinder took place on has disappeared, and no one remembers the last uh, thousand years. No, like there's a gap. It's called the gap, where the planet disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to it, um, and no one can really remember their lives up until a certain point, um, like the elves and stuff who live. Uh, you know, thousands of years. So it's really neat because you can still play in the Pathfinder universe, but you're not bothered trying to get back to find out what happened to your Pathfinder characters. And um, it's really cool. I mean, it's the same. Pathfinder is such a great game anyway, because I mean, basically it's, it's a take on, on D and D 3.5, which I still say is the best D and D. And, um, but you've got different space races and, you know, different, different classes and, and it's, there's all kinds of like corporate influence and, you know, to join the Starfinder Society, you're out trying to, you know, right wrongs and it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to get back and actually roll some dice because I've been playing a lot of video games in the absence of the, of the RPGs being gone and like playing little RPG and even running one because I ran a massive, that's the thing I did in the interim. I ran a Mass Effect campaign. Yeah. Um, I never heard how that went. It, so here's the problem. Okay, so Mass Effect never officially released a RPG game. Fans got together and built a system based on the Fate system, which, if you're unaware, is you roll um, four dice and they're plus minus or, or neutral, and however many successes you get means how well you do the thing you try to do, or how many negatives you get means how poorly you did, how much mm-hmm. you botched it, and um, and there's a lot of wiggle room. Uh, the Fate system is more about the storytelling and less about the crunchiness. Mm-hmm. Of, of a character and, um, or, or, or crunchiness of a, of a game. And so the, the, it was fun to do in that regard. The problem with it is it, because it was a fan based, unauthorized system, it was never play tested. 
Mm-hmm. So there'd be lots of things in game. Like I'm not a very experienced GM, and so I'm trying to like weave this story based on this video game that I'm obsessed with, and that two of the other players are obsessed with, and the rest of the team hasn't even played at all. And like trying to keep everyone engaged, and then like where they want to do a want to like someone wants to you know, uh, uh, hack into a system using a, a drone of some sort. And they're like, can I do it? And I'm like, well, hell, I don't know. And we can't figure it out in the book because there's like conflicting stuff because it was never play tested. No one ever gave feedback on it. Cause like I said, it was fan. They did a, ju- a beautiful job on mm-hmm. the, on the system. So there was a lot of like running into things like that, but I had a lot of fun running it. I think that the players had fun. Um, I did a lot of scene work like with terrain and we had little, um, the paper figures that, you know, were in these little like acrylic things, like to move them around. So we'd have minis and there was lots of, I tried to make it like lots of intrigue and I tried to fit it in between the uh, Mass Effect, the end of Mass Effect 2 and the beginning of Mass Effect 3, which is, a, is sort of an, an, an interesting time in the, in the world. So it was, it was, it was fun. I had a good time. I was glad when it was over. Mm-hmm. Because it was very stressful. <laughs> Especially, I think if none of them had played the game, it would be I could have fudged a lot of it. But knowing right. that there were two, half the half of of the of the players were so familiar with the game that I couldn't trick them with anything. Like I had to really think about because they know what happens in the third installment of the game, so they knew where we eventually were going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard to kind of keep them on their toes. But luckily. They're really good players, so I, I I was blessed with that. If I'd had like a trouble player, I wouldn't have been able to get it done because I was such a discombobulated uh, GM. I, <laughs> I mean, they'd be like, "Can I do this?" I'd be like, "I sure." Like, sounds good to me. I don't know. Let's not even look it up. Like, yeah, you did it. Like, let's just move along and get to the next the next bad guy in the next room. So, so that was fun. But yeah, so it's it's been nice. I've missed RPGs, and I know. Um, you've been, you've been talking back and forth about some RPG stuff and I don't know, I know, I don't know where that is and we could talk about that offline, but I, it really and truly it's part of who I am is to play a pen and, a, a pen and paper RPG. Like right. when I got back into it playing Starfinder, we've only had, I think four sessions now. Um, but getting back into it, I'm like this, this, I have to have this in my life at least once a year I have to do this because it's so rewarding to level up a character and to read through the books and read through the lore and figure out what sort of character you want to play. And we all kind of end up playing the same characters anyway, mm-hmm. but it's nice to put a different skin on them or like, you know, it's nice for them to have a different conflict and, and it's just, it's been, it's been super fun. So, so that I need, couple- to, find a, I need to find a DM out here because I, if, if I want, if I want to do a game, I have to, I have to DM. So your friend, I understand <laughs> everybody wants to play, as opposed yeah. to GM, but it's, uh, yeah, it would be nice to find something out here just because it is, uh, it is something that I've, I've, anytime I've had to do a game, I've run it because nobody else is, I mean, they'll, they'll play, but they won't. Right. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of responsibility. And, and I know emotionally the guy who used to be our GM, who we're trying to get back into it, he was such a good storyteller. And such a good, he had such a, a way of enveloping, making each character be part of the plot and have secret things happening and, and reveals and things that you'd see in the beginning and six months later it happens again. And so we were so emotionally involved. We played a Star Trek campaign at one time, at one point. And I was so emotionally involved in my character that like I cried every session because something either wonderful or horrible would happen to her or those that she around her that she loved. And it was so, it was like, it sounds crazy to people who don't play, but like mm-hmm. it was such a, it was, it was almost like, I was like, I feel like we're LARPing. Like I feel like I, I want to <laughs> like act, physically act this out. Like it just, it was so, he was so good at it. 
And, I mean, he's just had a lot of stress in his life and a lot of other things happening, and he kind of lost his mojo for it. And I'm like, get your fucking mojo back and get back in the game, man. Like, this is important. So, yeah, but I know. I This was this I, – I halfway ran a Buffy the Vampire Slayer campaign 100 years ago, and I was not prepared for it, and I was not emotionally ready to do it because you kind of have to be able to tell people no. Mm-hmm. Like, you you have you can't – I'm one of those people that I used to be – a little bit am still, but I used to be – I just wanted everybody to like me. I wanted to make everybody happy. And when you're the GM, you can't do that. Like the GM, yeah. you have to go like, no, you don't get to be a vampire and a watcher and have a magic glowing sword and have like an alcohol problem that get, lets you get two more feet because you can now get a negative. Like, no, be like, no, you can't start out that way. Like you have to, <laughs> and, and I couldn't do that. And so then the, the characters were too overpowered and, and I couldn't keep up with it. And I just got real frustrated and I quit like three or four sessions in. Mm-hmm. And so with Mass Effect, I was determined I was not going to quit. And it never got to a point where I was going to quit, but I was dreading getting ready on Saturday mornings, trying to prepare to make like enemy cards and stuff like oh god what am i gonna do (laughs) this is a lot of pressure it is it's a lot of pressure and i'm not as good at it as as most people so so yeah but no it's rpgs i can't i cannot recommend them enough to people and like maybe with stranger things and that whole deal like i hope that gets more people into giving it a shot like picking up you know even if they picked up like an old second edition D or something and just messed around on a saturday like it's it's magical it really is if you're if you're with the right group of people it can be so much fun yeah that's awesome so you mentioned stranger things and i know that's on your list yes have you, have you gotten into it did you did you marathon it i marathoned it um i did the first half of it friday night and then the second half of it sunday morning uh or sunday into the afternoon because it was nine episodes <laughs> i was like i forgot how long <laughs> nine hours really was um, and I'm certainly I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think it's better than the first season. Um, really? Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, it was really, really good. And I don't – I can't remember there being a lot of filler. I think it's pretty much like action-packed start to finish. No, so, that's great. So, yeah, it's good. If, like, if you like the first season, you'll love the second season. Okay, um, good. Then that's, that's what I'm going to – we always kind of vote for what we're watching uh, at night in the evenings, and right. I will I will put Stranger Things because the good thing is, is Stranger Things will be uh, in law friendly. So yes, yes, um, no, yeah, that is definitely something you have to consider. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was very I was pleased, um, and I wasn't. I have a lot of work that I have to do this weekend. I still have to do when I get done with, uh, recording with you, and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to, I'm going to get this work done and then I'll marathon it next week and it'll be fine. And then I was like, well, let me just watch one episode. <laughs> it was like, it was over. And so then I realized that, um, Assassin's Creed Origins had come out and I'm like, that's what I'll reward myself with. <laughs> I have, I have that ready to go in my Amazon shopping cart. So the second I'm finished with the two transcripts I have to get out, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that and that'll be my reward. <laughs> Nice. Because yeah, because otherwise, like no, I, I gotta watch Stranger Things. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, work. I got things to do. That's awesome. Very very cool. Anything else? Um. Oh, have you been? Um. Are you? I can't remember. Are you a Star Trek person? I am, but I have only watched the. We've only watched the first two episodes. We have to go back and pick up the last couple. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So we're talking about Discovery. Um. What do you? What are your thoughts? Are you? Did, are you liking the first two episodes? I liked the first two episodes mostly because it was a little bit different. It wasn't standard uh, rote Star Trek. Right. It felt like it was a little bit different, and I liked that. I did too. Um, I've been getting a lot of pushback from my nerd friends 
Uh, and I, and something kind of dawned on me just this week. I, I couldn't understand. Like, so in the beginning when I was like, are you, you know, hey nerds, are y'all excited about, or hey geeks, are y'all excited about Star Trek? And they were all like, no, because one was like, I want my Star Trek to be hopeful and optimistic. Um, there were people who were like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to watch it because the technology doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not for science. Like it's a TV show. Like, and so, you know, I, after watching it and the people that I know that really are enjoying it are women, people of color and people in the, in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And my friends who don't like it and who talked about, oh, I don't want to pay $7 and it's the principle of the thing and blah, blah, blah. They're all straight white males. Yeah. And so I, I'm starting to think about it and I'm like, you know what? Um, could it possibly be because we don't ask straight white males to ever put themselves in anyone else's shoes when it comes to entertainment? No. And so now we have a Star Trek that's about a black woman. We've got half of the, the only straight white male on the whole series is a bad guy. I mean, like he's not, I mean, it's Jason Isaacs. Like he's not a bad guy, bad guy, but he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is a woman is of a different gender, a different species or a different, you know, you know, somewhere on the spectrum LGBTQ or they're an alien. Right. And I'm like, is it because you can't relate to this show? Is that why it's not landing home for all my straight white nerds? Is it because they can't, is it the, they're just guys and they can't relate to, to Michael, um, what's her last name? Burns? Burnson. Yeah. Bur- I, mm. I've seen two episodes and it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Her first name's Michael, which I think is fantastic. So, yeah. But yeah, so like is it is it because they can't relate and that's why it's not landing? Like I don't I don't get it. I don't get the hate for this show. Um that I'm seeing uh from my from you know or the or they're like oh it's just not for me. I'm like it's Star Trek, it's for everybody. Like yeah. what do you mean it's not for you? Like it's it's great. It's fantastic. And it's beautiful. And they've spent a bunch of money on it and it got renewed. So apparently it 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 did better than they thought and people paid the money to see it. So <laughs> so yeah, the, the the nerdy things I've been doing that's that's up there like like that's appointment television for me. Nice, yeah. I mean, I I when you're out here, one of the things we may do is um, Raven really wants to talk about Discovery, so mm-hmm. I thought maybe we'd do a real quick podcast one of the mornings you were here and and oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and talk about it in more depth because I think I think it's time. <laughs> there's there's plenty there. Yes, no, definitely. So well, that's cool. Well, so what what have you been up to? Um, well, the the big thing is is just an hour ago I was returning from Phoenix, Arizona, where I participated in um the podcast at yourself PIY um kind of little convention workshop for podcasters mm-hmm. that corresponded with the release of Podcasting for Dummies third edition which has both this show and our show, State of the Geek, in it. We're famous! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was really cool. It was it was fun. Um, I did <laughs> um, the only things that they had available as far as panels left when, when they brought me on was Audacity, which I use but don't feel comfortable enough to teach a workshop on. Right. Um, mixers which i don't use and accessories so i guess well i guess i'm gonna learn about accessories <laughs> that's what i will present <laughs> on. oh you should have called me i know about all of those things <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing was it was like i i sat through the first i was part of what they were calling the hardware track and so it, the first one was mixers the second one was microphones and then it was me with accessories 
And I, I know what a lot of these things are and how to use them, but I, my setup is completely not what I would ever recommend somebody to do. I love my microphone because I've got a blue Yeti, yes. but, um, but it's not on an arm. And most people will tell you that you're supposed to use a boom arm because it takes, you know, you don't, you get a better sound quality from it. Right. Um, my headphones that I'm using right now came with my, uh, my iPhone because <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't gone through the trouble of buying a good set of headphones that can plug into my mic. I can't believe you're doing this without cans. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am doing everything that you are absolutely not supposed to do. So I had to kind of, in my presentation go, okay, so this must set up and it really sucks, but I really do know what I'm talking about. I know I'm not supposed to do any of this stuff, but you know, do what I say. Don't, don't do what I do. Right. Um, so, so, you know, it was, it was a little awkward. It was great at the end. The, the person was not going to ask me questions. I had like three people in my panel because I think there were 30 people that showed up and there were three tracks all at the same. They put me up against uh, social media. Of course, anybody who's going to one of these is going to go to the social media. Right, panel. right. Because you want so to keep I, I Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel bad at all. But um, the one person who was there was like, so you do an interview show? I'm like, yeah, I do. She goes, okay, what do you do? <laughs> Can I ask you about that, even though that's not what this panel is about? I'm like, sure. So we just <laughs> we sat and talked about interviewing people for you know the last 20 minutes of the of the panel, which was fun. Oh, that's good. I, I tell you what, you could do a panel to one person. If that one person is interested in what you're talking about, it's 1000% worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I am, I'm a teacher, so I do classes every day where nobody's listening to me. So, <laughs> you know, I'm used to it. Um, but last week when I went to Minnesota, to go see my friends, um, Gene and Jeff and to meet Rob from the comic box, um, I needed to, like you, pack all the things that I could possibly think of that I might need on the plane. Uh-huh. And I ended up reading uh, a play called She Kills Monsters. Have you heard of this at all? No. Okay. It's by a guy named, I'm going to say, Ki Nguyen. It's Q-U-I. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Right. But um, the premise is this woman is a... Um, just your average person. She has a very average life and she really wishes that something would happen to shake it up. And unfortunately what happens is her little sister and her parents die in a car accident. Oh, and so it starts off very dark, but she's in her sister's uh, bedroom kind of starting to pack things up and pack the house up and, and she's looking for a diary or a journal or something that's going to get to let her get to know her sister better because there's enough of an age difference that she really felt like they lived in two different worlds that she didn't get to know her sister very well. And she's just really, really looking for something that can connect her to her sister. Mm -hmm. And what she finds is um, her sister's, uh, D and D stuff and a homemade module that she wrote. Ah. And so the whole play takes place going between her. She, she finds one of her sister's friends who was her DM and asks him to run her through the game. And she finds that all the people that she's interacting with in the game correspond to people in her sister's real life. Oh, how wonderful. It is like I was crying on the plane. Like it was so touching and so good. Um, 
I have, I have my students doing a scene for, for competition from it. Like I just, I was like, yes, this is, this is an awesome play. So she kills monsters. It really, really good. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So that we did that. Um, and then I have been listening to all sorts of audiobooks on my, on my drive in. And I think I mentioned on, on Facebook to you that I, have to put together a steampunk basket for a silent auction at my school. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And I was like, I was like, I, I'm not typing. I have every bit of information you want, but I'm not typing. So just <laughs> you can call me if you need it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I did get around to it because one of, one of the parents of uh, an alumni that I'm friends with on Facebook was like, I love doing this stuff. I will make you a bunch of stuff. So she made me like eight items. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, cool. This is, this is taken care of. But, um, it kind of got me looking into steampunk and it turns out that, um, one of my favorite authors, Jim Butcher, who writes the Dresden files in 2015 started writing a, uh, steampunk fantasy series called the, um, I think he's calling it the Cinder Spires series, mm-hmm. but the first book is called, um, the Aeronauts Windless. I am about an hour away from finishing the audiobook, and it is one of the best books I have ever read, listened to, experienced. It is so amazing. The characters are so well-developed, and you especially, I think, would love it. I I highly recommend the audiobook over just reading it, just because the guy does such a great job. But you're a cat person, Mm -hmm. and there is a character in here that is a cat, because in this society, the cats can speak, but most people just don't realize it. Right. And they have their own language. And so there's, there's very few people that can speak cat. And the way that he has created cat society, I think as a cat owner, you would fully appreciate. Like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Like when he meets a, a cat from another tribe, they, they basically ignore each other for hours to see who is going to be least, in, least impressed by the other person. And that's right. how, you, that's how you start diplomatic <laughs> relations. And it just gets better from there. Yeah, no, that, 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 that holds out. That rings true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, and he, the way Jim Butcher writes this series is different than Dresden. Dresden's always from, um, Dresden's point of view. Right. But this is from all the different characters' points of view. And it's great because he'll do entire chapters from the cat's point of view. All the names change because the cat refuses to call anybody by their real name. Um, it's only the <laughs> cat name that he's given them that they can be referred to as. And, and just his whole, his whole outlook on, on the situation where he's just like, like, this is, this is a complete waste of my time. Like, this is, this is a completely like, why am I doing this? Oh, that's it, great. Oh, it's brilliant. I think you would truly, truly love it because just the cat of the, the character of Rao is, is worth it. And, and he's just one of many, many amazing characters in this book. Well, definitely. I'm going to check that out then. Yeah. And very, and very strong female characters in this too, which I think is great. One of the best characters in it is this, this woman that you wouldn't think is going to be amazing. And she's Mm -hmm. amazing continually throughout the entire book. Well, that's good because I, I tried to get through the, the Dresden files and I found that I did not like the way that he was writing women. Simply because it was, it, and it could be just that that was the way that that Harry Dresden was viewing the women, or like because it was it was from his point of view. So mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would like to give Jim Butcher another another try. 
Yeah, I, I, I almost forget that they're the same by the same author because I, and, and maybe again, you may listen to it and go, Joe, I don't know what you're talking about. This is terrible. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, I think the reason why he writes the characters he does in Dresden is because it is a little bit of that old timey noir. Yeah. Style. And this is not at all. And so, um, yeah, my, 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 Two of my three favorite characters are are women in this. Okay, well, I definitely will check it out because I I, I kind of hate that I miss out on the Jim Butcher thing because he has so many books and he does he does he is a such a prolific writer. I'm like, oh, this would be, could be a series that I could totally get into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that's been the the majority of it. It's actually been a, a pretty geeky week for me, which usually I'm I'm scrounging to find something that works, but um. But this week it just kind of fell into place. So well, good. The geek stars are aligned. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to be back to talk with Kelly about miniatures because you've been all about the min- miniatures lately. Yes. All righty. We'll be right back. Hey listeners, this is Barbara Dillon from Fanbase Press, and I'm here to let you know that in addition to our podcasts and website, Fanbase Press is also a publisher of comic books, graphic novels, and other fine media. The Gamma Gals is an exciting and action-packed trade paperback from Fanbase Press that tells the story of three RPG-loving teenage girls who awaken from a gamma-irradiated storm to discover they have extraordinary superpowers and must protect their city from countless supervillains, monsters, and more. Created, written, and illustrated by newcomer Stefano Terry, the Gamma Gals features a diverse cast of characters that aims to show all readers that everyone can be a superhero. Vito Lapicola, producer and host of Comics on Comics, says, This comic is as charming, witty, and heartfelt as they come. Trust me when I say that the Gamma Gals is a gem. Visit fanbasepress.com today and click on the store link to purchase your own copy of the Gamma Gals or one of our other amazing graphic novels. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. And we're back. And we're going to be talking about miniatures today because you have been posting some really amazing pictures of the stuff you've been working on. Why, thank you. Yeah, um, I just recently got into Rune Wars, which is um, Fantasy Flight's new like the fantastical answer to X-Wing. Um, <laughs> it is a much more lighthearted, uh, turn-based tabletop mini, uh, game. And it's, it's like Warhammer without all of the, uh, kerfuffle about like measuring with rulers, like everything, like, like when you buy the box of Rune Wars, it comes with everything you'll need. So with the exception of paint, um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, it, it's interesting. I started painting miniatures probably back in, I think it was 1998. 
Um, I had gotten into my first RPG, and it was uh, second edition Dungeons and Dragons, like back in the Thacko days. Oh wow! Yeah, and like you didn't, you didn't have like it wasn't Ravenscroft. Who was it? It was. Oh, now I can't remember the name of them, but it was like there were maybe 20 miniatures that existed. Like, mm-hmm. to, to, and there were the little metal pewter type. And, you know, you would go to a Hobby Lobby or a Hungate's or one of those sorts of stores where they sold like model trains and there'd be a little section of these guys and you'd buy them. And we were using, um, acrylic paint that you would get from like Walmart mm-hmm. or like a paint store because the little tubs of paint usually had been sitting on the, shelf for so long that they were just they were like four dollars a pot and they were no good and you could Mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. get like a big jar for like 99 cents at walmart and it would work just fine but i got into it there like at that time and i uh was taught by someone who had been painting since the early 80s and it was one of those things where i just got it like i understood like the layering and I understood how to what you, you know, how to do the, the shading. There's all kinds of tricks and tips and they change all the time. I'm constantly looking online for different stuff, but it's so time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> like I, with the ones that I just recently did with rune wars, I did sort of like the base set of the army. I, I play the Latari elves, which mm-hmm. are these like regular forest elves, but their their steeds are cats, big lions Instead of like, you know, the, the bad guys have like horses or they're riding, like there's one guy, the bad guy's like surfing on a, on a wave of corpses. Like, you know, it's a real oh, wow. interesting, it's an interesting game, but you know, the, that's what sold me. I, I didn't, I had a friend who wanted me to play the game because I've been playing Star Wars X-Wing miniatures and he was like, you should really get into Rune Wars. It's by the same company. And I was like, yeah, but you know, there's either I can be human men on horses and with like, you know, shields and stuff, or I could be these like undead things. And he's like, Oh, they're coming out with elves on cats. And I was like, where do I buy them? (laughs) This is right up my alley. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, I mean like, it's just, it's very time consuming. It's a lot of trial and error. And it's one of those things that you can only get better at if you, the more you practice. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times if it's an important set, like I hadn't, I hadn't painted, I I took a break. I painted a bunch of scenery for my mass effect game. Um, and I'm terrible at painting scenery, like the worst, like you figure painting scenery would be easier than like mm-hmm. painting like the little belt loops on like this tiny little guy stuff. But I know what belt loops are supposed to look like. And I don't know what like a science wall, like how to get that sort of sheen or like how to get like, you know, like a lab that, like I, it just, I, I, I was way out of my depth with the scenery stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, you have to kind of, kind of get back in and, um, if you, when you get back into painting, like if you've, or if, or if you've just picked it up, like you kind of want to get some stuff to practice on that you don't really care that much about. Cause it's, it's, it's trial and error. But, um, but yeah. And, and my favorite thing is, uh, like I, like I paint pretty well, but I'm really good at flocking, which is where you put the little static grass or snow or rocks or whatever on the bases. And so that's, that's uh-huh. been a lot of fun. Um, I, <laughs> I painted my first set of cat elves and they're painted like they're on the box, which took forever. And you have to, there's all kinds of like subtle shading and things you have to do. And so I decided that my next cat army, were all going to be drow on black cats because I just, I just want to shade. I want to prime <laughs> them with like one color and then shade them. And then um, the, the next set are all going to be white because they're all going to be in the snow. So, well, I'm I'm, I'm I'm on the Facebook and I'm looking at the different cats and and I can't like it always astounds me 
how clean and precise people are be able to get this stuff because your your miniatures are beautiful. Like, oh, thanks. I will, if, if I can steal some pictures off of your Facebook, I'll include it in the post because they are oh, definitely. Amazing. Yeah, and what well, what's so funny about it is that you'll paint the same thing fifteen times. Mm-hmm. Like you'll paint like you know you like if you look at the elves. They've got brown boots and they've got green clothes and like brown armor and like gold tip thing. And, and then they've got this, I mean, and this is all after you've glued them together. I mean, let's not forget they come in pieces and you have to glue them together first. And so you find like, okay, so you're going to start with your, you start with your skin tones first because that's going to be the thing that's like the farthest in the back. So you do the skin tone and then you're going to paint the green shirt. And then when you paint the green shirt, you're going to get green on the skin tone. So you have to go back and paint over the green that you put on the skin tone and then you get skin tone on the shirt. And so like, it's just a constant back and forth. Like you never put up your paints because it's a constant back. It's a constant (laughs) battle of like just painting over, you know, till you, till you get that, that division in the line. And, um, I've also discovered pro tip. If you're going to have to paint something that's metal, get just metallic Sharpies. Oh. And do it that way. Um, you can get a set of Sharpies that you get two silver, a bronze, and a gold. And you can get them in a pack for seven bucks at Staples. And they, they're, they're paint. So you can, so you're painting, you can paint like the edges of things. You can put a gold trim on something. You can use it to, to paint the little like hinges on the belt where the swords are, like all that kind of stuff. And it's easy because it's, you've got more control because it's a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got friends who do airbrush painting and that is, I mean, you're getting into some high level like stuff. Like they're, they're putting their, like with those, you can get like nice gradients. I, I really have not figured out how to do a gradient using a brush. Um, there's a way to do it. I just haven't figured it out. I haven't been able to, to make it successful, but, um, but no, like I decided because I'm not very good at the game. That I was gonna at least have the best looking army. So like I show up, I show up to tournament, and I'm like, yeah, you might defeat me, but you don't look as good. Like <laughs> my stuff. And I've been playing. I'm one of the newer players in our in our little league at the game store, and like I think I still have the most painted army at this point. Someone may I haven't been there in a couple weeks. Somebody may have surpassed me, but I find that people pick one thing, they try to paint it, and then they just give up because it's just you really do have to commit to it. Um, it's like a workout schedule. Like, it's like, okay, I have to paint 30 minutes every day to get this army done before I go back to, to play. And there's some tournaments where there's some, like, I know Warhammer's this way. Sometimes they make you have, you have to have everything painted and it has to have at least three colors. And like, you really have had to, to, you can't just bring your primed, um, or your, your bare minis to the game. And, you know, like I said, Rune Wars is real laid back. They don't care about any of that stuff. So, so there's all kinds of hodgepodge. And, um, I know my, my good friend JJ, who owns the game store, she let her son paint some of her cavalry. <laughs> She's like, here, and he's two. He's three now. <laughs> so it's like bright so blue. There's a lot of purple. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's like, it's like there's paint on it. It's like, it's, it's done. And it, I mean, it, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, it's, it's, you're looking down on these things and you've got, you know, everybody has, we could have up to 60 different pieces on the table at, at one time. So you're out of, you know, 120 guys on the table. It looks fine, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I find it very rewarding. I find I, I used to paint miniatures for like, I used to have a miniature for every single RPG game I played. Nice. 
Um, I paint, I, I would paint for like other people who weren't good at painting. Cause I already had all the stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a cost of getting the paints, getting the brushes, having the little, I mean, you can use paper plates to, as your paint palette, but then, you know, for a dollar, you can have an actual plastic paint palette, um, to keep them all separate and the mixing. And there's all, there's all kinds of, um, one of the best tricks. And I think the thing that makes the biggest impression, if you wanted to get into painting minis is investing in what's called a dry brush. Okay. And it's the dry, it's the dry brushing technique and it's right up there with, and I'll describe that, the, the inking. So if you take your dry brush and you just dip it in some light color, it could be white, it could be off white cream, something to go along with whatever it is that you're doing. And you get 99.9% of the paint off the brush. So you put some paint on the brush and then you run it on like a paper towel to get most of it off. Then very lightly, you just brush it against all of the, the, outermost pieces of your mini it creates a highlight and that highlight adds like just so much professionalism to it it looks like you went in with like a tiny minuscule brush and highlighted all of the edges when all you did was dry brush it like you just very lightly and you can go back over it and and so it picks up all the ends of the clothes and the hair and the tips of the ears and like you know it gives it a more polished finished look and then in the in the contrast, or before you do that, you can do inking, which is you take a darker color, especially if you have a lot of crevices and things that you want to sort of fill in. Mm-hmm. And you you take the, a dark color. It could be black. It could be a dark blue, dark purple, whatever is going to really be an accent color to what it is you're painting. And you add water or thinning. You can add water, but I, I have a paint thinner that like that goes along with all my paints. And you make it just as thin as uh, just a tiniest hint of color. And you take that and dab it in and it sinks into the recesses and the creases and it creates a shadow. Okay. And so like if you've painted, like if you painted something like a, like a Caucasian flesh tone and you wanted to add some depth to it, you would take like a, like a brown or a dark pink or peach and make a, make a, uh, like a like a basically a tinted water with it and then just dab it on there and if you do too much you can take a a paper towel and just sort of you know wick some of it away but that deeper color hides into the recesses and that way you don't have to like you don't have to go in and do that individually because the thing the problem you can fall into with a lot of these i mean there's teeny tiny little guys and if you try to get like i quit i quit trying to paint realistic eyeballs mm-hmm. everybody has either like blue pale sclera and eyes like you can get you can try to get in there and you'll drive yourself crazy trying to paint the individual pieces of chain mail and the individual try to like you know get in there and paint each individual piece and put a shadow in the middle of the chain mail ring and all that or you can just paint all the chain mail black and take a dry brush and silver and dry brush the silver part right and just go over top of it and then you already have the shadow that's created from the black base and then you just highlighted with the dry brush the the silver and it does it has the same effect and it actually looks more uniform than if you were to do it individually so i mean there's just all these kinds of tricks but you will never be able to do it unless you get in and actually mess around with it and also knowing that if you mess up with most most models you could prime it again and just paint over it like right. it, it's you won't have ruined anything if you get in there and you do it the totally wrong way but it is such a time sink. <laughs> I um, bet. It looks, I mean, oh my God. they look amazing. I love the trees with kind of this green glow to them. 
Yeah, they have, and that's, I, I mean, that's from the box. They have that green, um, the energy that's coming out of their tree mouths. Mm-hmm. And what's cute is, because I know the two pictures you're talking about, I have four trees right now. And so I've done in the photo, there's fall and summer, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do a spring and a winter with the different flocking. Mm-hmm. At the bottom and the tree, the winter tree is going to be a gray base with like white highlights and it's going to have like, you know, snow on the bottom of it. And like the spring one will, the little mushrooms and stuff will be more Easter colors. Gotcha. Just to have, just to have fun with it and just to sort of, you know, differentiate between them. Um, but yeah, like there's all sorts of, it just, you can, if you want to invest in it, you can spend hours just watching YouTube videos, watching these masters paint. Like I know a lot of people take the minis and they either hold them with, um, uh, the sort of clamps that they use to clamp arteries together, like medical supply clamps, yes. so they can have a better hold to the base of the mini. Um, I know a lot of people who use, who use the um, modeling putty and stick the, the mini onto like corks or onto, you know, the tops of old spray paint cans so they have a, can get a better hold on them. There, there's a thousand different ways to do it. And, um, but if you wanted to just go to Walmart, like to go buy a mini, go to Walmart, spend $10 on paints and brushes, you can get the basic brush set, like the plastic brushes and get, you know, pick out six or seven colors that you think you're going to, going to need and come back and, and give it a try. And, and if you're hooked, you're hooked. And then you go, you buy your primers and you buy all your, you know, your spray coating it for the end. And I have a stack of, um, it's from, I think they were called Element Zero or Element Nine. I forget, or a Nine Effects or something. There's some, it's, there's some N and E associated with it, but they make the different, they make the different, um, terrain flocking, the, the, like the dirt or the, the grass or the snow or whatever. And they actually are in a little stackable rings that you can unscrew whichever one it is you want. And I've, and I've just got like a whole stack of them. And so, some of my some of my guys have rocks mixed in with their grass, and, and that that part is super fun. And you just use Elmer's glue to glue put put a layer of Elmer's glue on the bottom of the base, right up next to the little feet of whatever it is that's on your base, and then you sprinkle the stuff on it, and it stays. Once you spray things, you you want to get you, there's two different types of spray coat sealants. Mm-hmm. And you really do want to put a sealant if you, if you paint a mini, because when you handle it, you'll rub the, like the paint off the nose and the head, you know, or whatever it is, wherever it is you're touching it, you will, the acrylic paint will come off. Um, but if you spray it with some sort of sealant, um, I, I used to do glossy sealant because I thought it made it look candy coated. Uh-huh. Um, and now I've switched to, I prefer matte sealant. Um, and the sealant can get, you know, like seven, eight dollars a can if you just go to a hobby shop. If you're buying your stuff from a game store, like support your local game store, but it, the cost is exponentially more there. Um, because like the, the game companies, like Games Workshop is trying to sell you primer and that kind of thing. And it's so expensive, but you could also just get spray primer from Michaels right. or like AC Moore or, you know, wherever, wherever you are in the country or in the world. And, um, and, but to but the matte primer or the, I mean, the matte sealant, I think gives it a more, realistic look like it doesn't look so fantastical like it looks like it might actually exist somewhere like they might actually be alive so it's it's a lot it's a lot of of just i have a friend who we get together sometimes and we go up to the game store and we just paint because he has whatever collection of mini backlog that he has to paint and i always do too and so we sit up there and we talk about like the events of the day as we're painting and we both bring all of our little supplies i have a tray that i bring with me that has all my stuff in it and like sometimes he'll be like do you have any browns or like do you have like you know or (laughs) 
Or I know the the paint thinner that I use, he has because he had he had gotten a big bulk of it and had just put it in old paint bottles. And he was like, "Do you want this?" I'm like, "Yes, please!" Like that would be amazing. And and so it's it's a great way to just kind of bond and hang out. And I've never painting those those uh, Rune Wars minis. Number one, it's a new game, and so people see it. And so I get all kinds of cute boys that come up and are like, "So what game is this?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, sit down. Let me tell you." <laughs> um, but if you want to go and like meet new people. Bring something to paint, and even if you have to ask other, like go sit with other painters, like you know, like any kind of game store. Like it's a great way to break the ice, meet new people, ask them what they would do, ask them what they're working on. Like it's such a good because everybody who's painting, they got nothing else to do but to tell you about what it is they're painting. If they didn't want to talk to you, they would have painted at home. So it's 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 a, it's a good community thing to do, I think too. And then you get a cool result. I mean, and I get to take Instagram photos, which is always like you know how you measure success in life now. Seriously, <laughs> it's true. I, I, I like I, I can't express how how really cool. I, as you're talking about it, I'm looking at you know the. I think I'm guessing this is you said fall and summer, um, the two yeah. trees and the little the little grass sticking out of the dirt base. It's yeah. it's awesome. It just really yeah. looks cool. The um the dark green grass is called uh, flock it's, it's called standard flocking grass and you could also use it for trees or moss growing up the side of something. The the light green grass is called static grass and that's individual blades. Oh no! Like tiny little hairs of grass and what you do is you pick up a pinch of it and just dab it in the glue that's on the that's drying on the base uh-huh. and it sticks it sticks straight up. It's perfect. Like it just it's it's like you would it's like you used to watch like them do. For movie makeup and stuff, how they would like do individual hairs in a wig or in a, you know, like a a prosthetic that's going to like be someone's mustache or beard. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of like you can really just take a pinch of it out of the jar and just dab it on where the glue is and just grass appears. It's the coolest thing. Like that is my, that's my reward after finishing a mini is I get to flock it. It's my favorite part. Nice. And I would have never thought of, I I guess it makes sense, but I, I guess I don't spend enough time around um, game stores because we don't really have anything out in Palm Springs that's you know the the central geek hub the our our mm-hmm. comic book store you know kind of tries to go that direction but it's more card games and comic books so right. the idea of sitting around and painting as a community I think that's amazing I, I that's just was beyond my concept of what this is. I just thought this is something that you do at home where all your supplies are and, and it's just a, a, an art form. I didn't think of it being something that could become communal. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, the, um, I, we're very blessed here in, in North Carolina, especially in the triangle. We have several different competing game stores that do everything and have like, I mean, board games, comics, RPG books, and all the gaming, like, you know, tabletop gaming figures and supplies and stuff. And so we like they've run classes like they're like someone would be like, I'm going to teach you how to paint with an airbrush. And I would go to that stuff like I never got into the airbrushing per se because I felt like it was a little bit overkill for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Airbrushing is great for if you have an army of 100 guys, you have to put three colors on you for for like an, a tournament like you can do that with an airbrush in uh, five minutes. And, and really like, you know, have some really nice exquisite details that you did not have to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, and especially with like bigger models, like I've got, I've got friends who paint like the giant Warhammer models that cost like $250 that are just, you know, they probably weigh eight or nine pounds. Oh, wow. And yeah, like they're, now that's, we're talking airbrush time. So they're not doing that with a handbrush. Like they're, they're airbrushing all the different textures and layers onto that. And it just, it looks phenomenal. 
Um, but it, it's, it, it can be, especially if you get in with people who know what they're doing. They love to share that knowledge. And it's just real smart move for, for these businesses because then, you know, they're like, what do you use for that? And they're like, oh, they have it over there. Like, it's called the such and such compound. And like, oh, well, let me go get that. You know, like, yeah. let me go buy that here. <laughs> but yeah, like I've, I've met a couple people through painting tutorials or going up and, and, and doing that sort of thing. And, and yeah, it is. It can be a big community builder. It's a great way. If you do it and you like it and you know you're good at it, you know, you could possibly go – it's like a mating habits episode. You can go and ask your local <laughs> store of like maybe you could do a tutorial on it um, and, and you know, sort of sort of get connected that way. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I, I, I enjoy the compliments that I get when I show up. Like it's like it's, this is going to take away from how poorly I'm going to play this game. But I'm quick. Look at how cute these kitties are. Don't, don't worry about the fact that I just ran them into a wall and can't use them now. Like, don't, don't pay attention to that. Look how cute they are. Now, is the game basically just like a, a less story driven D and D game where you're, you're just moving them around strategically? Well, or? It's, it's more, I, I would compare it more to like the Warhammer or, um, Let's see what other games are there, like Infinity or uh, oh, there's one that I'm uh, um, Malifaux, War Machines. There's no kind. It's that. It's 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 based in battle. There's not a whole. There's there's some lore to it, but you don't get to customize any of the lore. I mean, it is it is basically what it is. But you have different scenarios. It's very turn based. There's only eight turns, which is what I like about it. So even if I'm doing poorly, I will do poorly for no longer than ninety minutes. Um. Because it, because you run out of turns, but you, there's some randomness to it. You get randomness to how you have to set up your guys on your side of the, of the battle mat. And there's a randomness to what your, your goal is. Sometimes your goal is just to kill everybody. Sometimes your goal is to go have one of your guys go move on the board and pick up a token and then survive or get to the other side or that kind of thing. So there's all those sorts of scenarios and each little army based on how many of them you have in each group. Um, they have a point system. And so you can only have 200 points per army. And so you can, that means 200 points combined with each of the little guys is a certain point value. And then you have upgrade cards. So like I could have my little group of archers and they cost like 40 points. And then I can add stuff to them that like gives them an extra attack or makes them harder to hit or, you know, makes them give somebody else a, 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 a damage or a, a negative for, for some reason. Gotcha. And then those cost like 5, 10, 15 points. And you have heroes. So I right now, um, I don't have any pictures of her, but because I haven't painted her yet. But I, I, the first hero that came with the the elf set is just a badass chick on a on a cat, and now the new hero that just came out is a badass chick on a moose, <laughs> and she is deadly. Uh, when they first released the elves, the elves were a little bit underpowered, and they didn't have their whole army because the the ba- the main set, the humans and the undead, have been out for you know a year now, and so they've had expansions added to them. And so with, uh, the elves just came out like three, four months ago. And so now they've had their first expansion. And so this hero, she's wicked. I mean, like she is, she is a, is a game stopper. She's very powerful, very tricky and very, she's hard hitting. And so now I'm actually competitive because now I can put her in my army and I can, I have more, uh, you know, more archers, more cavalry, more guys to pull from to make my army a little bit more fleshed out. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's 
I'm very lucky in the community. When I first started, I have an entire Warhammer Fantasy Wood Elf Army that I spent probably six, seven hundred dollars on all total. Oh wow! That I played with, I played with once and had such a negative experience with the people I was playing with that I never went back to it. I was like, this was just a waste of time and money because I was doing it to meet people and to like, you know, sort of try to break into this very male-dominated thing. And it, it's just, it's not the game. It was the group of people I was with. Right. Just not very accommodating, not very inviting. They're very serious about the game. And so me sort of showing up like, hey, I just want to have some fun. Like they had no time for it. Like they were just like, they're in, in almost a, a geeky gatekeeper kind of way. Like, you know, you're not taking this seriously. You're just wasting our time. Get mm-hmm. out of here. And I, and I just was like, okay. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of fun playing the game because it was very long and the, hundreds of different rules that I had to memorize. And that's just really not my jam. No. So. With Rune Wars, it's very, it's turn-based and it's very, like the rules are pretty standard. And especially since it had the basis in X-Wing, which is kind of the same system. Um, I, I, I caught on pretty quickly and the group of, of it's, it's me and one other woman and then the rest of them are guys. So the group of guys that are in this room, they are the nicest, polite, I mean, you know, like I've never been around men that are just this wonderful. And so it's just, I mean, even when they're kicking my ass, like I don't mind because they're so like, they're not, they don't, they're not condescending. They're very, they're, you know, they're like, Oh, can I offer you a suggestion? And I'm like, absolutely. Like it's a very, it's just a, a neat group of guys. And so it's been a, it's been a, like a fucking delight. Like I, I can't <laughs> wait to go play Rune Wars, even though I'm going to lose miserably. Um, you know, I'll come in last in the tournament. I don't care. Like that doesn't bother me because we're having so much fun and nobody's being a jerk and nobody like, and like when you get done, like everybody's like, you know, let's get, let's all go get beers. Let's all hang out. Like it's just, it's just a much different feel. And I don't know if it's because, I mean, how, if it's, because sometimes it's because, you know, you've changed as a person. I don't know if it's because I'm more open about it. I don't know. They could, ju- I think it's more that they're just wonderful people. And, and I mean, and I said, I told them as much. I was like, this has been a delightful experience. I cannot wait to play this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it's a testament to the whole thing that we, we try and talk about, I think on, on both of my shows, that if, if you're nice, then you get a lot more out of it. Like, there's no need to yeah. be a jackass when somebody comes to the table and says, Hey, I don't know how to play, but I'm interested. It's like, okay, right. well, then let's, let's walk them through this and, and get ourselves a new friend and a new player and somebody else who may add to our community. Let's not just go, well, what's the 15 secret passwords? And, you know, right. do you, <laughs> do you know what this is? Do you know what that is? Stop testing me. Just teach me how to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it's been very, like, I, it, they understand if I go, Hey, so this will be my fourth time playing, you know, they're like, Oh, okay. So like they knew they could relax a little bit. Like I wasn't going to like rope a dope them. Um, <laughs> although now, now that my army is more fleshed out, I just might, but, um, <laughs> cause I am getting better. The, the losses are much, much smaller spread, but, um, but yeah, like it just, it, it's, it, it's genuinely nice to go into a community where people aren't defensive and aren't, you know, trying to, to, keep you from having you know they, they they were like oh great more people are playing yeah. and and it could be because it's new maybe that's the way it was in warhammer back in the 80s like maybe they were like that then and then now it's become serious business i hope rune wars never become serious business um and i think kind of the game is set up where it can mm-hmm. um and so I, I just it's it's been a delight if anybody's interested in trying out like you don't know if you'll like a tabletop game or not i would go to a place that sells this stuff or go go to where people are playing this 
if you meet if, most people when they play Rune Wars, they play one side or the other. They have the minis for the other side because the main box came with two two sides. Mm-hmm. They might have enough for you to play, like just with them, like for you to be on the other side or for them to play with you. Like and and I, it's a it's a good. I think it's a good low investment because like I said, you don't have to paint these minis and they're very easy to put together and they're all plastic. So they don't, it's, it's easy to glue them together. Metal's harder to glue together than plastic, surprisingly. Um, and there's all kinds of tricks to that, but, but like, it's just, I'm like, this is a good gateway drug for people who are like, I don't know if I want to get into miniatures gaming, like try rune wars. You, you know, if you, it's like 70 bucks for like a, a set of two armies. That, that's like, not a, that's not a bad thing because Warhammer and all that stuff. Anytime I went in, I never even bothered trying to get excited about any of that stuff. Cause I looked at it. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford this. Right. Yeah. You could afford Rune Wars. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not, it's, and it's, and also if you get, if you get it and you find out you don't like it, anybody else who's playing the game will buy your pieces from you. Like I, I, that, that is, is I've gotten a lot of my little extra army pieces from people who bought the elf army because they wanted the terrain and stuff that came in the box, but they didn't want the figures. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well I'll get, I'll give you 20 bucks for all the other figures that came with it. You know, they're like, sounds great. And it's like, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a different community. And I think fantasy flight, they do a lot of games and they do a lot of games really well. And I think that that's one of the, you know, like that, that's part, sort of like their claim to fame is that they are, they want, they they know, they know about how hard it is to break into these sorts of things mm-hmm. and they, they are encouraging it. They want it to be easy. They want it, to, like I said, like it's a gateway. Like they want people to easily be able to get in it and, and spend their money, <laughs> <laughs> which is smart on their part. Right. And not enough places do that anymore. You know, you do what you need to do to get people interested first. <laughs> right. Right. Well, very cool. Well, I, I, I love every time you please post more pictures because I love seeing the art that you do with these things. I think it's amazing. Oh, well, thank you. I definitely will. Yeah. That, that, that makes me happy because, you know, I'm like, look at this cool thing I did. And someone's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, yay. It's success. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. Well, I think we will wrap up then because you and I have another podcast to record right after this. <laughs> we do. <laughs> So, uh, any shout outs this week? I do. Um, <laughs> I, I, I struggled whether or not to put this in this one or to put this in, uh, the one we're about to do, but I figured I'd put it in this one because it might make a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so my, my shout out, uh, the, for, for Geekitude would be to strong black women in politics. Nice. And I can get behind that. And, yeah, and just you know, in a general sense, uh, I I do I believe the future is female, and I believe that female is a is a woman of color. Um, there have been a lot of really I think brave, and not even necessarily agreeing with with although I do, um, but you know, but even if you do, if you don't agree with what uh, Congress uh, Congresswoman um, Waters or you know Representative Waters or uh, or is it Congress? No, she's not. Is she Congresswoman Wilson? I, I, or is she a representative? She might be a representative. I can never, I can never keep that straight. But the, t- but, but I mean, just those two women are saying what I feel 100% of the time, and they don't give a damn. And they are like, you can't, you're not going to shut me up. You're not going to keep me quiet. I don't care about elections. I don't care about getting reelected. I care about saying what's right and what's the truth. And I'm like, yes, 100% in support. More of this, please. 
Absolutely. I get behind that. And I think it's, you know, I might not get political on this podcast, but I invite my guests to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep me from being political. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just who I am as a person. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And if you want to hear more about uh, Kelly's political views and, and mine as well, you can go over and listen to us on State of the Geek. Yay! Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shout out to T. Morris and Chuck Tomasi for uh for mentioning us in um in the third edition of Podcasting for Dummies because that's that's really cool. Like I never no, it's super cool. It's one of those things that you never ever thought you would ever want to you know like the first time you read a, a four dummies book, you're not like one day I am going to be in one of these. <laughs> you know, it's just not something you do. <laughs> But now that we are, it's kind of exciting and it feels like, wow, we've, we've done something significant. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I know. I, yeah, that is super thrilling. Well, that's it. Uh, for shout outs, uh, coming up next week, um, I am going to be talking fan fiction with Katie and Chelsea from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. Do you have any fan fiction that, uh, you are a fan of that I should check out this week while I'm doing research? No, because it's embarrassing because it's all like Kyler Ren and Ray or uh, <laughs> Sandor Clegane and Sansa Stark. So it's all inappropriate. No. <laughs> it's the only fan fiction I read. <laughs> well, that's what we're. It's all. Go ahead. Well, see, it's all either inappropriate or full of incest. I don't know how. I don't. We don't know how uh, the Last Jedi is going to turn out. So. <laughs> we don't know yet. Well, here's. Here's the thing. I, I'm a little afraid of what I'm going to stumble upon, but I definitely don't want to go into this conversation not having experienced it. I think I, I almost kind of think it'll be funnier <laughs> if I'm disturbed by it than that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how well, it goes. Well, well, I definitely, uh, if you, if you wanted to, to know the origins or I would definitely start with some classic Kirk and Spock slash, cause it was the origin of the slash. Yes. That's where we got slash. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, just for your own, for your own sake, you should check out some of that. Cause some of it's great. Um, <laughs> especially if you can find some of the classic stuff, but oh yeah, don't even get me started on the Harry Draco stuff. Like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All the I have some I have some amazing I actually do I'll send this I'll send you uh, the name of it um, but there's a uh, fantastic Sherlock uh, Watson pairing that's just, it's it's a fantastic read it's a great fanfic nice. um, I don't I don't I don't I, I assume people read or some people write G-rated fanfic I've just never read any because I don't know I don't understand the point so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching a porn, but shutting it off when the plumber gets there. So I was like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but that sounds great. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, no, I just uh, we're, we're we're venturing into areas that I have no experience with. So you know, that's was we're getting back to the roots of the show. <laughs> teaching Joe about stuff he doesn't know about. <laughs> All right. All the music of this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Geek Fitness, Health Hacks, The Comic Box, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join us on our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek2geekcast. You can currently find us at geek2dude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2dude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geek2dude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh, Kelly, where can we find you? 
You can find me personally on Twitter at Kelly Disagrees. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y. Um, don't go by the book. Um, <laughs> and and, um, and uh, keep your eyes open at uh, matinghabitsofthemoderngeek.com because there will be a new episode going up there shortly. Yay! I'm very excited. Thank you very much for, for joining us this week, Kelly. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Me too. Thanks, Joe. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. That theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack Podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out.